0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the DMC hosted by myself, Joseph Culler, and my co-host and good friend Manuel Uh On today's episode, we're going to be joined by another very special guest and a good friend of the show, Cameron Desculpta, to discuss the emotions that come along with being very politically active and attempting to be a force for good on the political spectrum. Cameron, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me there, Joseph. Like, I really appreciate the invite and I'm glad to be discussing these topics today. Sounds great.
2: So before we jump in, I just wanted to ask, like, how are you doing during um this time obviously because we're at home and COVID's just been one of those things, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely um I've definitely taken this time to kind of stay positive and self-reflecting, you know, making sure to not let the news and what's going on and get me down. So, you know, I've been focusing on just reading and even just doing a bit of exercise or just chilling in my garden. You know, just keeping that up upbeat mindset how about uh, both of you have you been all right
2: um yeah i'd say i've been pretty good to be honest it's just been tough like you said but just keeping that mental well-being um really healthy by doing exercise and just seeing friends like whether it's a video call phone call and obviously having the chance to do, gave us a chance to do a podcast which is quite awesome yeah, definitely.
0: It's been, had a lot of free time because of it, which has definitely uh, favoured my studies. I'm going to say that's been the main thing positive to come out of this is uh, I've done a lot better than I thought I would in my studies. And I've been able to just really enjoy that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds brilliant. Glad to hear that from you guys.
2: Yeah, so like um, uh, Joseph mentioned that you're really good friends. So how did you uh, meet Joseph? Let's just go into that a little bit.
1: So, um, I mean, me and Joseph go a very long way back. Like, way, uh, more, way back, way back. Back in uh, primary school days, because um, uh, Joseph's twin brother, Oscar's actually, he was in my class. So I've known Oscar for uh, very the same amount of time as Joseph. And then obviously when I would go to Oscar's house, um, I'd always see Joseph there. Me and Joseph's got along really well. And then obviously i him in the playground as well. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's awesome, man. That's really yeah, from, great. From three
0: years old up to 20-something, man. Yeah. Still good. yeah
1: exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man. Um, but that's a lovely journey, and I'm I'm great that we, you mentioned that because um, with some people it's like you meet them for such a long time and you lose connection with them. But it's really great that you guys have kept yourselves uh, together for a really long time and hopefully into perpetuity. But jumping straight in, um, we're going to be talking about politics. So I was just going to say, how did you actually get into politics?
1: Okay, so um, with my with my story, it's a bit it's a bit more. Um, not as what you would expect like before i got into politics i actually didn't know anything about politics like i barely even knew what government was or the prime minister was i was i didn't really bother or look into it and then i guess um when I left uh, my secondary school to go to a sixth form, I kind of wanted to recreate myself, you know, look for something new. I wanted to find something that I was genuinely interested in because before, before GCSEs, I wasn't too sure like um, what I wanted to do with my life. So, you know, I picked politics at my sixth form yeah. and I don't know, it just it just clicked. Like, it, honestly, it just um it just became something that. I wasn't just studying, but I genuinely enjoyed. And I think since that, since you know, a few years ago when I did start it, I've just carried it on, and you know, I've never looked back since. And I'm very grateful that I've I I chose that subject because honestly, I picked it at random, so you know, I'm quite <laughs> happy yeah and it's like
2: when did you think that click really took place because like you said with some people it's like you kind of go off on a whim like was politics in your uh, like environment beforehand or were you like you know what I really don't know what to do I'm just gonna go into politics and see what I can get out of it
1: I'll definitely say um, towards the end of my A-levels so right before my um, A-level exams when i started to revise politics as a whole um unit like just the two years revising i no longer saw politics as just like modules just like one on elections one on democracy one on international relations i saw everything together as like holistically as one unit and i was like everything links and it just i don't know something just clicked and um yeah i'm sure um you guys might have had this too when you just the stuff you were studying they're no longer just separate units you can kind of see how everything links together and you can use yeah info from one topic on another topic and I don't know and then I just uh I just had to carry on so now I'm studying politics and international relations at Queen Mary's you know I had to just continue it so I'd definitely say um that uh when when it when I started seeing it all together I just it clicked and I had to continue
0: that's good, man. Like, I remember when um you you first realized that, oh, I'm start, I'm really starting to like this. And I remember you doing some other A-levels before, and you didn't like them and you weren't too motivated. And then you found something you liked in terms of politics. And you're like, okay, this is something I can actually put a bit of time into. Um, I was going to say for yourself, obviously, you know, we're quite young. All three of us are at 20 years old. And I was going to say to you, um, what do you think the best way that young people can get involved in being politically
1: active is? so i feel like this question would be a lot easier if it wasn't because of the COVID uh 19 obviously that's about but i would um i would say that even right now i feel like because of the black lives matter movement that i think everyone's really appreciated i've seen so many people get involved through social media so like you know making sure to post and get involved with um what's going on but obviously i would say the best way it's a bit difficult now but the best way is definitely to protest i feel like for me personally like i was very nervous when i first was deciding whether or not to protest and like, this was for um uh, uh to kind of push for climate a better climate um measures to regulate like big polluters and you know i was part of a few Extinction rebellion protests the more uh, casual ones not, no, not no, the no,
0: no, no. yourself <laughs> stuff and we yeah yeah
1: and, yeah. and uh, I think I think answering your question how a good way for people to get involved is is definitely to protest because the thing is the news and the media likes to cover the the you know the very extreme people that kind of take it a bit too far and obviously that that 's the sort of thing that draws attention, so the news focuses on the people that like climb planes, climb trains, tie themselves <laughs> to buildings yeah. but You know they always miss the thousands of peaceful protesters that are genuinely just want to make their voices heard and you know and it's the same with the black lives matter movement like honestly you you see a lot of these violent protests but you know there is thousands and thousands of people that are genuinely just holding signs and they just want their voices to be heard so i'd definitely encourage people to get involved with that because it's really an empowering experience you know letting Mm. your voice be heard
0: yeah it seems like that's definitely a A good way to go because you're absolutely right. There's so much stuff about only that you know. Good news isn't doesn't make for good news to be reported on. You know, people for reason, whatever reason, there's negativity in the news. And I was going to say, like, in terms of social media and stuff like that, do you think social media is a good plat, a good way to be politically active, or do you reckon it's more, it's better to do things in person with groups of people, or do you think social media kind of could be a good aspect if you're not quite as
1: confident to go out there and protest? Um, I would say social media is a blessing and a curse like definitely mm-hmm. like um, I think if we're starting with the blessing obviously it makes it easier to show your support you know if if you know even with now with COVID-19 it's still brilliant that you can kind of be online and you can still support you know uh, everyone that's protesting and just people that you, you want to support you know like with climate change and the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. but at, at the same time the reason why social media is also a curse is because of the sheer amount of misinformation that goes around like I I do see all the time these very questionable and controversial posts that kind of claim things and I'm like okay but is that actually true and then when I do a bit of research I spend maybe 10-15 having a look I can't actually find a legitimate source so then at the same time people can kind of uh, I guess they they start believing what they see and then that they might share posts or start thinking a certain way because they've seen things in social media. So then that can kind of distort your view, which is why in person is a bit better because then you can have a healthy debate. You know, if maybe you've got a bit like a wrong piece of information, you can talk to someone about it and you can kind of both uh, discuss with it and look up online. Whereas if you're like just by yourself, you might just assume it's correct or, you know, like it's a bit harder to be able to discuss those sort of issues. So, um, I don't know, I think, I think social media, it makes it easier, but at the same time, you've got to be very wary with the sheer yeah. amount of misinformation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for so, sure, Like
2: what you mentioned in terms of the platforms and how they're, like, how they're normally used, like it's instant gratification. And these platforms, like you said, you, you see this information and it's not necessarily true. And just to touch on that, how do you actually allow yourself to view these things objectively? Like like you said, you do research, you do take the time out to see what someone's posted and then take it upon yourself to look at different sources. But um, is there any other me- uh, systems or mechanisms that, that you try to use to be more objective or politically aware?
1: Um, so I think definitely with politics it's not um it's not a a science subject per se you know there's a lot of the things you discuss are very easily um, debatable and you know i think uh i think it is very easy to let your subjective or your emotions get involved with politics and you know sometimes i think i think that can be healthy i think that's you know that's kind of natural if you genuinely feel very passionate uh, about an issue then i think that's that's all right um but in terms of staying objective it, it is difficult like I'm, I'm gonna say like i make sure to always look at different sources from different sides of the spectrum because with the political spectrum you've got your left all the way to the right and even your up to down authoritarian libertarian and there's there's, a, there's like a lot of perspectives you've got to consider when you're tackling these issues mm-hmm. so i definitely make sure that the sources I look at, because like I just said, politics can be subjective. So even the sources can have like a bias in them just by, you know, just by being about politics. So I just kind of have a look at the spectrum, make sure I've considered all the views before forming a judgment. Because if you just look at, I don't know, the left or the right, then you're going to, your opinion is going to be very biased and it's not going to consider how people on the other side feel. So yeah, definitely making sure i look at a range of resources i would say is the best way to stay objective
2: yeah i'm glad you mentioned that like being able to look at both sides very clearly because there's some people just out there who um genuinely believe that ignorance is bliss they are fully on the left side or fully right and they don't want to consider other people's points of view and like what would you say to these people to change their approaches or like the reasoning behind that like because i know that's a massive issue especially like when i was a bit younger um, I didn't really follow politics and I was like, oh politics, I don't care about politics because I know it won't affect me and I know some people use that reasoning to back up their own points if they're like leftist or rightist and like what what would you say to those kind of people?
1: So, so I think that you mentioned a couple of things there, so starting with the ignorance is bliss, like I just feel like that statement just, is just very na- naive because I feel like in a in a a way a lot of the issues that happen in the world will indirectly affect you like um, for example there are many people suffering in uh, war-torn countries like syria libya and yemen and those people they become refugees and they make these trips to europe and you know this kind of causes a refugee crisis and then that kind of fuels a lot of the debates in politics or you know we letting too many immigrants in refugees blah 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 so i feel like by kind of not acknowledging that these people are suffering you're it is still indirectly affecting you so I think ignorance is bliss um, isn't very I don't know it's very naive like I feel like it does affect you even if you don't want it to Um, additionally if nobody ever cared about anyone else then we would never progress as you know as a civilization like you know if we just said ignorance is bliss then what would be the point of abolishing slavery? All those white people, why would they care? You know, the reason why slavery was abolished is because people started seeing that these people are genuinely suffering. This is not how we should be treating, you know, black people. They're exactly the same as us. So like, you know, if if people had that mindset, then why would we ever progress? Why would we ever move forward?
0: Yeah, that's Um, really good.
1: Yeah, Um, I think you mentioned another point as well. Um, You said ignorance is bliss
2: and then i also like talking about how some people who are like left won't even like can try to consider the right uh the right's opinion but obviously oh, you've yeah. been able to make that distinction quite clear like oh, um, yeah, yeah. What, what what would you say to those people as well who are just on one side and don't are uh, not willing to like take consideration of other people's points of view
1: yeah and this is um this is definitely an issue that i've encountered you know i've i've Gone to debating society at my university, and I've encountered people like this. There, and I feel like the key to politics is tolerance. Like it's just as simple as that. Like there's always going to be somebody who doesn't have the same opinion as you. They They don't see the thing. They don't see things the same as you. And I think being tolerant and being understanding of their perspective is really important. And I guess the people that aren't tolerant and they kind of just have this one side of view. They're, they just think that they can kind of just bulldoze their way through. They just, the, the whole thing about politics is compromise. You kind of discuss with the people you don't agree with. You kind of learn where you can kind of compromise with each other and then you can come to a, a verdict. You can come to something that actually you both agree on. If it's not the perfect solution, but it's better than nothing. So I'd say for those people that don't um, ever consider the other side, then I just think it is a bit arrogant. And I think it makes it difficult for there to be kind of agreement, for there to be consensus and that makes it even more difficult to come up with policies and to actually enact change and do something. So, you know, it's, it's just annoying though because it's kind of difficult to teach people to do that because some people are one sided like that. But, you know, if, if everybody considered each other's views, I think we would be a lot more friendly to each other. I think there would be a lot more action and compromise. Yeah. I-
0: I think well, I think a good point that you mentioned is that if people were able to acknowledge the, the reasoning behind people thinking another thing and not jump to the conclusion that, oh, this person thinks differently to me, they must be a bad person, they must be you know, not wanting good for the world, but in reality, those people hold those opinions for a reason, and if you're able to find out that reason, then you can try and understand it better, even if you don't necessarily end up agreeing with it, it's still you, know, you yeah, can still yeah. understand where they're coming from.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, But I I was going to say, just to mention, like what you're saying about tolerance and stuff like that and how, you know, you need to be able to be patient with other people's points of view. Do you think that frustration and anger could be a driving force for good in terms of political change, that you can harness that frustration, control it, and try and make a good output? Or do you think it's always okay to always, like the best point of view is to remain calm? What what would you say?
1: so um i think i think that definitely the starting point is to remain calm like at the start so i think i think there's kind of like a timeline here so you kind of basically you you'd want to like talk to each other and you'd want to be able to kind of compromise and come to a conclusion at the start you know you do if you want to um kind of if you want change to happen you should be able to talk your way um through it so i'll give you an example so with the civil rights movement in the 1960s um like martin luther king malcolm x and a lot of other prominent figures they did try and discuss and kind of give solutions to making sure that there wasn't these systemic um biases within the system systemic racism and obviously as the years have gone by so it's been 60 years and we've had the black lives matter movement and now that we've seen very little change you know i think i've really appreciated the black lives matter movement it's been around for the last 10 years but this time it's coming strong and it's really made sure to show everyone that this is still an issue and you know what like the sort of riots and the sort of crazy carnage that's been going on i kind of justify it in a sense because I can't even begin to imagine the frustration of these people that mm. have been asking for change for like how many, how many of how many years, like hundreds of years, and they did try and talk calmly, they did try and talk to negotiate and compromise, but nothing's changed. And in in some ways, you kind of you need to do something to grab people's attention. So although I would always advocate to keep it peaceful, to be tolerant and compromise. In extreme circumstances, like what we're seeing at the moment, I would definitely say that we, we need to grab the people um, at the top's attention. Authority isn't, it doesn't affect the people at the top, you know, when you look at Donald Trump and his inner circle, he's not actually mm-hmm. affected by the issues that ethnic minorities face in America. So I think sometimes you have to do something extreme.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, man. Like, is, is it always easy when an issue doesn't affect you that you just like, oh, it is not as relevant so for example um, around the time of the Paris attacks uh, a few years ago at the exact same time there were things like happening in Africa there was like kidnapping in Africa but that was yeah. nowhere near supported on because it's not a western in quotation it's not a western problem and things <laughs> like that so it's always an issue and when, when only the western problems are reported on.
1: Yeah I know exactly and I think that links quite nicely to um to my point as well because um, The reason why i've actually started an instagram page where i basically just report on a lot of these issues that aren't spoken about and um i kind of cover issues around the world like from israel and palestine to Kashmir to china imprisoning muslims you know i make sure to kind of cover the globe the parts of the globe that are kind of neglected by the west and i feel like it's just extremely important to kind of cover these issues and make sure that people are aware of it because you know this ignorance is bliss sometimes people don't even acknowledge that they're kind of adhering to that idea people don't they genuinely don't know what's going on on the other side of the world and it's not because they're arrogant they just genuinely don't know so i think that's why i've wanted to start this um this page off to kind of grab people's attention yeah that's good man
2: yeah like um, and also just jumping on what you said earlier whereas like years and years that like for hundreds of years like people peacefully doing these things and how you said the points of view of uh, those people haven't been considered and it's like you can't progress as a society and you can't progress in ideologies and also like your ideas and how you would want to express yourself politically if we didn't have these healthy debates and that's what I think is really important and I think I just want to hear your thoughts on like being able to have healthy debates within friendship groups and uh, circles about uh, stuff that people might agree or disagree because some people might genuinely disagree and have a point of view which they haven't actually been exposed to so they don't actually know the reasoning behind why they might be wrong rather than them being like accused of being racist or like having been labeled by someone else uh, really negatively even though they genuinely weren't aware of what they uh, believed in was wrong
1: yeah and like um so was your question just um having how, healthy debates yeah with your
2: how do you have these healthy debates with your friends
1: well I, I definitely make sure to, to like stay calm and you know I acknowledge that they are my friends so I don't want to get too um, caught up in it because sometimes as we were discussing before it is it can be an emotional thing to talk about politics because you know that this does affect people's lives how policy is dictated so it can genuinely make people emotional and so when I consider when I, I'm debating with my friends I always make sure to kind of not get too um, caught up in it like I just remember that they have their perspective I have mine and I'll put my answer forward and they put up um, they put theirs and as I mentioned before I think the key thing is tolerance like it's definitely I've had my friends who've said things that I completely disagree with but I make sure that I give them a chance to explain it and then I can then tell them my point of why I disagree so I, I definitely think that making sure to keep emotion out and when you're talking with friends at least is important Um, because at that point I, I never want to debate about politics in a very serious manner with my friends especially when you know it's not gonna actually you know we're just we're just discussing it we're not actually gonna implement these policies or anything I just try and keep it civil and like I said like if if I want you know I might meet someone later on in my life who has the same opinion as my friend that I disagree with and so being able to debate with my friend and understanding his opinion earlier in life allows me to get to understand it and then if i do meet someone later on who has the same opinion i've already understood it and i can kind of counter it you know i've, I've learned because I've, you know sometimes uh people say you know like for example with uh leaving the eu like i personally didn't agree with it um some of my friends wanted to leave uh took their perspectives on board and then when i discussed it later on you know I was able to understand that perspective already because I already had that discussion so many times before so yeah I definitely think tolerance and keeping emotion out with your friends at least is very important
2: yeah man and it it does seem really critical to like be able to have these conversations also like with your friends I understand that like sometimes we're in our own bubble and we want to believe that everything's amazing but it's great that you're actively having these conversations even with your friends like it could be a uh, very short discussions and uh, but i need to trying to get them politically active uh, in a way as being their friend you're trying to look out for them and you want them to understand uh, what's going on in the world and as you mentioned you actually did a bit of debating at uni like could you just talk to that environment and like how that's been able to help you in your political views has that made any changes have you been able to change anyone else have you had a better uh, like lens on uh, pol- politics in general
1: so um yeah so i went to um debating society which is uh at my university and um, i would say the people that go to debating society are the ones that want to debate so you kind of get a particular person who's very outspoken there so he's very opinionated I'd, and so like when i go i've already got my opinion set. i already know what i'm gonna say and how i'm gonna counter things so when when i when i uh, when i'm discussing with other people different topics I would say, I would say they're very good at defending their side as well. Like I'm very yeah. good, and they are very good. So there's there is a very um, little compromise, but the compromise that you do reach, even you know, it doesn't matter how minor, whatever grounds you can agree on, I think still very beneficial, and it kind of teaches you, um, definitely how to negotiate with the other side. You know, like because I, I have my perspective and in politics, you know, as I mentioned, everyone has a different opinion. So, you know, being able to to debate with someone who's very passionate just as I am, but they've got a different opinion and then come to a common ground is just, is so beneficial because then later on, you can kind of understand how you can mix your ideas with theirs and find some sort of area where we may not agree on everything, but we can kind of push forward and talk about this sort of thing. Um, I definitely think that debating society has also um, enlightened me and let me understand that, that uh, there is always an argument to be had. Like, I feel like you can argue any perspective you want in politics. It's the joy of it, but it's also something that you have to, like, be so accustomed to because I've heard the most outlandish things. Like, I've just, I know, because I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I've just... I've heard very, like, just, for, for example, like, I, I just get really annoyed when America just intervenes in countries, kind of just topples them, supports dictators that they like, and then just yeah. overthrows governments they don't. And then someone was trying to justify it, and I was just like, oh, my God, why you don't stop talking to me? And, uh oh, like, that was getting me annoyed, but... It must be yeah. so hard to regulate
0: your emotions in that situation, man.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, because, um... I think a lot of a lot of the countries that are suffering today is because of the past, because of colonialism, and because of American interventionism. And mm-hmm. I don't know when people de- when people defend America and stuff like oh it's just it's very irritating. But I have to stay calm. Like I tell myself, Cameron, tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. <laughs> but um, no, that's definitely what d- debating societies help. Just like it's helped me realize that you can argue any perspective. You know, yeah. it, it is possible if you if you do your research. And you understand the topic you can argue the most outlandish things so you know i've learned that so i'm going to meet those people in my life so i'm going to yeah. have to just get used to that but
0: yeah no, you sort of stick with it accept that there's people who are going to hold these controversial opinions and just accept that that's what they have that's what they think and sometimes it's not worth arguing with them like that because you're just going to rile yourself up and no one's going to change their opinion anyway
1: yeah, no, exactly, and that—that's definitely happened. I—I I feel like a lot of people don't change their opinion, and that's—that's yeah. that's fair enough to be honest.
0: Um, yes, and I was gonna uh, ask because one thing that's been, you know, always wondering about, because without even about you, because I know that you're doing a lot of research a lot of the time, and you're very well read, of course, and you seem generally to know what you're talking about when you talk about things you're passionate about. But when there's all this negativity in the news and you probably spend a, a reasonable portion of your day researching. With such negativity, how are you able to remain positive in life in general, and not let all of these atrocities make you a pessimistic person?
1: Yeah, now this, <clears throat> I this is this is really interesting because um. Definitely since I started my Instagram page, I have done, I, I always used to watch the news and I still do, but because I've started an Instagram page where I talk about these unreported topics, I have to do even more reading and um, analysis on these, these incidents and these atrocities. And you know, I have to tell you that it is difficult. Like I, I have read really horrible things and I can't honestly imagine what it, or how, I'd, how, I'd, um, how I would feel like going through that or my family or my friends. and. Um, you know i'll be honest when, when i do see something that's really horrible that people are going through such as the war-torn countries i mentioned earlier like i do apologize to them you know sometimes i just say to myself you know i'm sorry that you know you have to go through this because the mm. only difference between me and them is just the accident of birth like i was born in the uk just by chance the same way they were just they were born in like syria for example you know they didn't do anything to have caused that situation so you know, it, it is difficult to stay positive. What I say, what I tell myself at least is, you know, as as a world, we have been progressing very slowly, you know, we started from uh, cavemen very like savages and then we started, obviously I'm not going to go through everything, but eventually we got to the industrial revolution, people were suffering, but you know, capitalism is getting people wealthier, then we had regulations, then we had the NHS, you know, we, and then we had the universal suffrage, you know, like we've we've kind of been advancing very, very slowly. And even in the parts of the world I was just discussing, there are still countries that are doing pretty well for themselves. Um, so like, I don't know, I feel like staying positive, I can't lie, is, it is difficult. Yeah, but most- I just, yeah, like, cause I, <laughs> it does hurt, it does hurt knowing that I can't do anything at this particular time to help these people. But I just tell myself, you know, we we are progressing as as a civilization very slowly, but you know it is getting better. So you know, to that to that question, I'd say um, I definitely just try and I I understand um, understand what people are going through, but I I just try and keep a positive outlook. You know, I think positivity is especially important when you're dealing with these um, scenarios because they're, yeah. they're not they're not nice. You know, they're, there's no point trying to make out that they're they're nice because they're they're, they're they're really not. But keeping a positive outlet is just really important, I think, when I'm watching the news.
0: Yeah, focusing on like good things that have happened and it's it's nice occasionally to see positive news stories coming out and like hearing success stories of people who've escaped these countries and got out of war torn countries and been been made think made something out of themselves and been humanitarians and things like that. Is there a particular situation or something that stands out to you of uh, a story of someone, you know, changing their life around after having been having been granted asylum. Is anything any case studies you know of that you'd like to bring to light?
1: Um. Well, I'd say that there's there's um, one that I personally know. Um, this uh, this friend of mine, actually, he. So I met him at freshers, and he was actually a Syrian refugee. So, you know, I um I met him on during freshers. I think one of these like not speed dating, but I think it's speed meeting. Like he's one of these weird things where you like, you spend like 10 minutes talking to someone. Yeah. And I don't know, like I uh, just, you know, I just sat with someone, I was like, hey, you know, my name's Cameron, who are you? He said his name. And then he was just telling me about how he, um he came from Syria, he left the war, I think it was uh, 2015 or 16 he mentioned. So he had been living in the UK for the last four or five years. And he just told me that, you know, he came and he was just working hard. His parents have, they're not working the best jobs, but you know, he was able to go to university. And now uh, I believe he was studying like maths or something, but it was something he was very interested in. And, you know, he was telling me just the sort of difficulties he had to face in his country. You know, one, one year they were just, you know, they weren't living the best life because Syria was never a very stable country, but they were still, you know, getting along and they were making ends meet. And then the next year there was literally the government's bombing everyone. ISIS start propping up like it just he told me how it escalated so just to see him right in front of me he came from this place that i know so much about you know Syria i've read, I've read quite extensively on the war so you know just to see him here and just let you know just to see him that like he's he's happy that he's he's made it to a good university and he's studying something he enjoys and he's family safe you know and you know it touched me i was like you know i'm very i'm very happy for you and you know i really hope that you know you, you can get get your life back on track, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And so, you know, personally, I wouldn't even, I, I, you know, just meeting these people that have gone through these situations, is just, it's really, it's really positive. And like I mentioned before, keeping a positive outlook on on this, on, um, you know, war and poverty and stuff is, is I think very key because you can easily drown in the despair and the uh, destruction of it all. So I, I think, uh, you know, definitely meeting him made me feel more positive. about all the people who have escaped you know that's
2: lovely that's lovely yeah thank you yeah I just wanted to rewind a little bit Cameron actually because you were mentioning a part where you're like because you don't feel like you're in a political um you don't have a political power to be able to overturn some decisions but like I obviously you'd obviously know that there's petitions and there's definitely uh things that as a society that we can push towards so like can you just talk on that as well because I know like sometimes it can be a bit um disempowering really when you hear about these things and you don't feel like you have control of what's going on But to an extent we we have access to the internet. We have um, different mediums and communities that we can get hold of like Can you just speak to like how people can try to Make the most of uh, the internet and situations like that to be able to like promote things that they feel is important We obviously touched on social media already, but feel free to go into detail.
1: Yeah, so um I think definitely. I think where I, where I was just going with that is just um, so I, I personally I sign a lot of petitions and I I've attended protests and I make sure to support the causes that I believe in. But I mean, to to some extent, with countries that are like very out of touch, for example, with Syria, um, it's there's only so much you can do. Like. I've signed many petitions to do with Syria, but, you know, the government doesn't really care. They they shut down the internet. So I don't think even most people in Syria even know what's happening on outside world. And, you know, they continue to bomb. So I feel like in terms of really wanting to make change from the top, it is very difficult, but I still acknowledge the fact that signing petitions can have an effect um, from the bottom upwards. So I've seen that there's been so many petitions. I think even with um even with those four police officers that had kneeled on George Floyd's neck, I know that there were several petitions going around in the US and even in the UK and all across the world, to be honest, to get these people arrested. So I understand that it can be a force for good and we can still be politically active through them. Um, But I just feel like when it comes to, when it comes to countries that don't really adhere to the rule of law and basic principles such as Syria using chemical weapons on its own people and bombing yeah. its own people that's oh. when it becomes more distressing because then you can sign thousands of petitions i've signed so many but you know he does the, the the president called president bashar al-assad who's the president of syria he doesn't really care about that so that so you know in terms of making a change petitions in particular are very useful but i guess in some circumstances they can't and you know it is very difficult and I don't mean to discourage anyone I, I obviously love people partic- politically participating in activities and stuff but um, I guess that's just what I meant I guess um other ways is donating um, I me and my mum have actually donated to a few causes such as um, in Palestine because Palestine's under threats awesome, of man. yeah just they're th- under threat of uh, having their land taken. So we just kind of donated to the Palestinian cause to hopefully help those people that are struggling to make ends meet in some of those uh, regions. So I feel like definitely donating helps. Um, uh, in terms of, In terms of real change, that's kind of the reason why i'm going into politics i hope to get into a good position in government one day and be able to kind of dictate policy which can genuinely have a lot much larger effect than petitions right now petitions and donating and posting on my instagram page to spread awareness and even going to protests hopefully when the COVID 19 calms down a bit um are great ways and i would definitely encourage people to to do what i'm doing like i think it only takes 20 seconds to sign a petition if you have the money lying around and it takes maybe a minute or two to donate and protesting you go with some friends it doesn't have to be a serious thing just just the fact you're showing your support is more than enough to show you know that this is something you care about and you can go with your friends there's nothing wrong with being happy and you know having some company I, i think it's completely fine
0: yeah agreed man it's like i remember when um I don't remember, I think I was like 12 or something. Me, my brother, my dad, we we weren't even meaning to, but we ended up just walking through London and joining like a climate march. And it was a fun experience, but also it felt good to be like making a change and not necessarily making one, but feeling like we're involved in a movement for it. Um, I was going to say in terms of you, in terms of your movement and how you're aiming towards in politics, is there like an ultimate goal for you to reach? Like you mentioned, you want to go into politics one day, um is there something you want to achieve in politically
1: um, i think i think definitely my my goal is to become i think go work into work in the foreign office because um <laughs> in terms of politics i'm very interested in international relations which is just kind of global affairs and as i was discussing earlier with um syria as well i'd love to make a difference so i guess my the thing is obviously when i'm older the situation is going to be so different so i can't predict um how it's going to be like but my main goal would be to go into human rights and i guess humanitarian crises uh Mm. crises and um I just really want to help people because there's there's this principle um, I think it's called Noblesse Oblige which is a conservative principle by Benjamin um, Disraeli and he basically just started talking about how if you're in a position of power and you can actually do something you should you, you should help those people that don't have the power you know you should you should give back to those that don't they're not in your position and you know i really would want to donate and i really want to contribute and working in the foreign office gives me diplomatic ties to countries to be able to negotiate and i know that there's people doing that right now like i'm sure there's many people that are doing what i want to do and they're trying to do that but i just i don't know i i just i feel like i'm a pretty good diplomat and i i hope to make a difference and i want to be proud and I, i don't want to be saying sorry to people i want to be genuinely saying you know i know what you've been through you know yeah, yeah. i'm i'm in the uk let me try and help you let me try and talk to the government let me try and sort out this the international dimensions of this war like you know i want to make a difference in this world i want to leave my mark on this world definitely
2: yeah, man. That was yeah. really good to hear Thank yeah, you. Man, Thank you. and it really sounds like that's something that I would say all of us in this call right now can really appreciate. That like you spoke so eloquently about uh, politics, this, throughout this whole so episode, and I definitely have taken so many takeaways from it. And we all want, hey, want to make an impact, whether it's like helping someone's personal well-being, whether it's like leaving a legacy and what you've done, and like a body of work where people can see what you've done. And for for yourself, it's more of a trying to just try and fix the problems that you've seen in the world because you feel that you've got something innate in you that you want to push uh, to the forefront uh, in your job role, which is awesome, I'm glad you mentioned that. And just to end things off, um, what do you think the most important takeaway you found throughout your studies and understanding of politics? What do you feel like people should, if they had no knowledge of politics whatsoever, the one main takeaway that they should take from this podcast?
1: I would say that, I think people already have a presumption about what politics is. They kind of just assume, you know, oh, it's just the government, it's just Brexit, it's just this and that. But you know what? Like, politics is an umbrella term for so many more things. You know, it links into business, economics, philosophy. Um, you know, uh, even international relations. You're talking about global politics and humanitarian crises. So, what I'd say for them to take away is definitely that politics has an effect on everyone you know it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you like it or not it does and you know I think using your using your privileged position because you know everyone in the UK is in a really privileged position compared to the other countries in the world that you know are going through wars and poverty and other issues I just feel like acknowledging people's privilege and being able to use your privilege to help others. It's just so important. And it's not even to do with um, completely with politics. It's just to do with the basic moral values of humans. You know, we should look out for each other. And I think politics has let me um, learn that personally. I felt like I didn't understand my privilege until until I started studying global affairs and global politics. And I was like, I started seeing the situations in other places and I wanted to help. And I feel like if all of us, contributed, if all of us helped, we would make a really, really big difference to those people that aren't as fortunate. So definitely the takeaway is, you know, don't even look into straight into British politics, like just look into sort of humanitarian crises that are going on in the world, sign petitions, participate in um, rallies and protests and donate. And, you know, honestly, you might, you know, you might not think it makes a difference, but you know there are genuinely children and people out there that will really appreciate it and you know i believe that you know you will be rewarded you know later on in life maybe karma is a thing and you get you get something good for it so yeah definitely that's a really
0: powerful sentiment there cameron it's really nice like, Thank i, you. I thank you. big believer in karma so i i definitely yeah i definitely can agree with what you said at the very end um it been fantastic having you on the podcast i feel like that's most things we've wanted to cover today i was just going to say if you want to you know let people who may be listening right now know your socials and how to find you so they can also benefit like i've been doing over the past weeks or so from your posts and your instagram stuff you're able to plug yourself and let them know where
1: they can find you oh yes of course of course i'm glad you brought that up joseph so um I have an Instagram page called um, called reporting on the unreported. So you like that name? (laughs) So um, that's obviously, as the title implies, I just kind of cover the parts of the world that genuinely aren't covered in Western media or the mainstream media. And I just kind of want, uh, just as I've been discussing, I kind of just want to bring awareness. Like I don't like people kind of not really knowing about it it's not really a fault of their own it's just because it's not really covered and discussed much so definitely reporting on the unreported i just cover many topics the middle east um and africa is what i've covered mostly but i'll be stretching out to different parts of the world very shortly such as uh south and east asia but um yeah and my i guess my personal is camera Descript. i doubt anyone will follow that but i'll just give it out there in case but yeah thank you so much um you both uh having me on the show i really appreciate it and i really love discussing these topics i'm glad you've provided a platform for me to be able to give my opinions so thank you. i think you
0: and i can both agree it's been an absolute pleasure having you on
2: yeah man for sure it really has been
0: um so uh, i hope you guys enjoy the episode and have now a better, a better understanding of politics you know you've benefited like we have from cameron's knowledge i've definitely learned quite a lot Um, A link to Cameron's podcast will be in the Spotify description as soon as he's got it up. He's got his own one trying to run. So as soon as that goes live, we'll also put it live for him. Um, If you're able to follow us on all of our socials, such as the DMC, you'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Spotify. Uh, For now, this is the DMC signing off. Thank you so much for joining us.